This is our Wednesday evening show, and like always, we start with decency and order. We're going to come out of with a scripture and a prayer, and the scripture we come out of is 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do you give thanks in all circumstances like that? that that's something that we should think about. When you broke, did you give thanks to God? Um, when you was going through it, did you give thanks to God? That's something that you you could really change your life if you just give thanks for the things that you have instead of the things that you don't have. Because God bless the people that have that is good with a few. Hello, somebody. So we have to get to a point of changing our mindset. Even though you go through something, take it as a lesson. Even though you might not see all the sunny days while you're in your dark moments, go ahead and learn from those dark moments so you don't have to return back to them. Keep your eyes on God despite the circumstance. Amen? Dear Father, thank you, Lord, for bringing us halfway through this week, God. God, we just thank you. We glorify you. We give you all the glory and all the praise. Continue to be with us today as we come together in your name. As we gather here in the studio, God, let your Holy Spirit come forth. Touch somebody on the airwaves. Reach to the masses that's never been reached. Touch the hearts that's been hardened to be softened to say, what can I do to be saved? Touch everybody that's going through something. Give them deliverance. Give them the things that they are desiring for to guide them to better days and help them stay calm in the storm. So touch everybody on the sound of my voice from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. That they're blessed going in, blessed going out. And bless everybody listening to the podcast after us going live. Amen. Amen. Everybody say amen. <laughs> everybody say amen. 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 So I had to go a little extra. It I'm is sick. the night show, so usually I have more energy because I am sh- on sugar. Woo! <laughs> sugar is awesome. Sponsored by Cotton Candy Sweet and Go. The Tootsie Roll Candy. <laughs> Amen. This is Pastor Jay. Like always, you can find me at Anointed Jaylon. Again, that's Anointed Jaylon, J A Y L O N, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Pastor Jaylon Calhoun. And I got an announcement, y'all. What's that? My show and me and, and, and Dr. Nia. She don't like me calling her that. I know she's listening. But <laughs> Miss Just Nia, like she likes to say, Just Nia, we're starting a show called Unscripted Facebook Live Show. Next week, we're going to leave you with this question. And the question is, where do you see the church in 10 years? 
Like, look, like with a lot of things, go with that. You know, I'm just gonna give you a little background on why I'm thinking about that. If you see a lot of religions that's in the world, because you can't just be blind to other religions, you have to actually see and you know understand where they're coming from, especially if you're trying to witness. But one thing that got me is this. So we all know Minister Farrakhan, right? Yes. He's been preaching the same thing for almost 60 years. Mm. And he's still able to get young people to get in a bow tie and a suit. Mm. He's still able to get people to be disciplined to pray to the East about 17,000 times. But why do we, in the Christian church, we have to conform to everything just to bring people to church? Have you thought about that? Like, we really have to change and, and whistle and, and, and put a foot on one one knee and do right. a lot of stuff to get people into the church, but the doctrine is the same right? always. Discipline yeah. is the same always. It, it, it just blew my mind that, you know, because a lot of times we say, well, we're trying to do it for the young people. The, a lot of faiths ain't changed nothing, and they still got young people. Right. And some of their organizations is, is, are striving better than us as Christians, y'all, and that's something that's really something we could we need to look at. So, where do you see the church in ten years? That's something big, yeah. and this is some talks that us as Christians, leaders, pastors, bishops, evangelists, that should talk about right. because un unity brings change. And if we could all make a stance and a change together, we don't have to worry about something dying. Amen. 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 And, oh yeah, so definitely go check out our show, Pastor Jay and Just Nia, Unscripted, Facebook, every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Eastern Time, that's 10. Central Time, that's about 9. Check us out. We're about to do a lot of things. If you got questions, if you, you have anything, just talk about our topics. Go ahead from it. It's going to be great. We'll give our, give our perspective on how it is. That sounds cool. Go ahead, Miss Lady AJ. Good evening, everyone. This is Lady AJ, and feel free to follow me on Instagram at LadyAJ2020, or you can drop me a line at LadyAJ2020 at gmail.com. Amen. Amen. So you're going to introduce our, our, stack, our segment? Okay, well, was that your phone? Oh, that was my phone. Okay. So we've got this new segment called That's Not Nice. That's Not Nice! And we look at things that are happening in the world that are just, they're just foul. I don't know how else to say it. Right. And I i don't have one as of tonight. Do you have one for tonight? I have one. Okay, what is Today's it? That's Not Nice is that there was a cafeteria lady that was actually... Fired yes. for giving a child free lunch when he right. couldn't afford it. Right. And yeah. that is inhumane that's, that we deny that's appalling. people the basic rights of food and water. We, and, you know, with me coming from ex-military background where we go around the world giving people food and water, and then we deny our own children at that Food and water and protection doesn't make sense to me. So I'm going to go ahead and have yeah. to hit them with the, that's not nice. Yeah, hit them hard. That's not nice. That's not nice. That's not nice. That is not nice. No, that's not nice. 
come on, y'all. This y'all got to do better. We got to do better for real. If you know better, you do better. And I understand what's happening because y'all for sure ain't doing better. So, with that being said, we're gonna go ahead and go into the mix, and we're gonna go ahead and play my favorite Christian hip hop artist. Can you guess it, Lady AJ? <laughs> Let me see. How about Miles? Miles Minnick. We're gonna go ahead and play Miles Minnick. What you looking like? What it look like? And we're gonna see you around 7.30 with our interview. See y'all in a minute. This is our city, God equipped me with an arsenal and some clarity, kiss me doing the impossible, are you hearing me? What you trying to say to me and what's your angle? Hitters all around me, Cuddy, that's my angel. Covered and I know where there's nowhere I can't go. No debating case closed, why you hit on my woes? Yeah, I'm on fire, I'm my hurt, folks. So you better get to stepping like the church folks. Huh.
And that backbiting so worthless And my faith on and it's working I'm one of one and I'm certain that I won The battle, it's over, we did it I'm silk, I'm C, I'm P, no limit Can't stop it, it's me and Corbin in the pocket Got the plug in the socket They told you that you couldn't do it Cause you washed up Ain't like them bad girls said you should get your sauce up But I got this plan and you might not understand I'ma go hard as I can And I'm gonna be the boss of it Just watch me do this, put no limits Only swag on it Right up to the front where I belong and brag on it. Go to the top, I'ma give it all I got. Might take a lot, but we ain't gonna never stop. I don't believe I'm something special. Can't take that from me. So you can say what you want, I go harder, stronger. Be who I'm supposed to be.
For those of you that think that gospel music has gone too far, you think we've gotten too radical with our message. Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, now you know. Glory, glory! Put them hands together and act like you know up in here. Cheap peak. Now, come on. 
We are back into our interview, and we have the most talented manager on the phone right now. And I would like to introduce everybody, Apostle Howard. Everybody, Apostle Howard, everybody on, yes. on the line, y'all. Good evening. Hey. You all are turned up and lit over there up in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. So one thing I wanted to do is I, I started this just to kind of get the nerves at ease is icebreaker question. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's going to be a very simple icebreaker question. Speaking of ice, what kind of ice do you like? Do you like cube or crunched? <laughs> that, that's it. That's cute. I don't mess with ice anymore because I used to have an ice issue, and after breaking a couple of teas and spending almost two thousand dollars to Ooh, get them man. fixed, I left all the ice alone because I used to have an ice um, problem where I'd have to rush to Sonic and try to get me that little snow cone type mm. ice. Um, as I grinded up the bigger pizza ices, and part of my enamel came off, mm. so now I just don't touch it. Right. <laughs> I'm been delivered. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm, I haven't been delivered yet from ice. I love ice on everything, and I love me some crushed ice. But cube is the best because it keeps all the juice on it. I feel like it freezes oh, the juice, and you have like little ice cube of juice and ice together. Oh, it's, it's the best. You it, know, I I uh, I'm like Apostle Howard. I had a serious issue with ice. Turned out, I was anemic because I I ate so much ice. I craved it, but I've been delivered from it as well. So, Amen. I didn't know that that could make you anemic. That's crazy. No, it's a it's a symptom of anemia when you uh, ice. Yeah. Y'all done told me something. You know, I, I went to public school. So, well, that's time. So, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. You know, but one thing I wanted to say is so, where are you from? Telling all the listeners, where where is your origin of place? I'm from Washington, D.C. Uh, used to be the chocolate town, but it's not like that anymore. Mm. Born and raised I here. Why. No, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, it's still a wonderful place to be at. It's just not like it used to be. You know, a lot of people come here looking for those days when Marion Barry was the mayor, right. and those days are just not like that anymore. Hmm. Are you still in that area? Yes, I came back to Washington, D.C. I had left Washington um, for a while. I had a church in North Carolina, and um, so I was down there. But the Lord, I was getting ready to leave and start a church in Orlando. I was trying to start 
uh, in Florida, a Spanish church. There's oh, a Puerto, okay. Puerto Rican, yes, a Puerto Rican friend of mine who um, is my interpreter, and her name is Minister Yolanda, uh, Minister Yolanda, I can already say Adams. I was going <laughs> to say, for real, Yolanda Adams know how to speak Spanish? Yo hablo espanol, Yolanda Adams? Yeah, I almost said it, but her name is Minister Yolanda Colon, and she's from Puerto Rico, and I met her when I was over there preaching, and she has a pastoral calling on her life, mm. but the Lord diverted me and sent me back to Washington. My mom had uh, a stroke, mm. and so I came back to D.C., and now I'm her 24-hour caregiver. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Amen. And one thing I wanted to say is, so how, you know, before you became apostle, you know, because that's... A lot of people be like, man, she was born Apostle Howard. You know, people don't see the, the, the beginning stories when you you came into church. So what was the very first ministry that you were a part of when you came into church? At that particular time, it was called Emmanuel Covenant. And I have a really, I mean, we don't have enough time for my testimony, but let me just say this. The first time I went there, I had on hot pants. I'm talking about Daisy Duke pants where I didn't even need to bend over even five, you know, uh, milli, uh, let me see, do I want to say millicentimeters or <laughs> millimillimeters? I mean, I, you know, it was such a minute amount that I didn't need to bend. And so when I went to the altar, I, you know, I just kind of had a whatever attitude. And so, and I remember them and they said, well, you know, we would love to see you come back and this, that, and the other. And I was like, whatever. And I probably had party all night long. And lo and behold, I ended back up there again the following week. And the funny thing is, I didn't grow up in church. So I didn't know church dumb. I didn't know religiosity. I was so far away from the church. And so all of that was so amazing to me when I finally got saved and got engrossed in, you know, the whole church world. Because I never thought that I would end up as a minister, let alone preacher, pastor, and an apostle. Mm. Amen. 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 Apostle Howard, you are recognized as one of the most successful managers and promoters in the world of Christian and gospel music. And I'd like to know, how did it all start? How did you get involved? Well... I didn't go to school for any of this. I actually went to school to be a doctor. A lot of people don't know that I'm a very educated woman. Um, I have quite a few degrees um, in sciences. I've also worked as a paleontologist. I speak Spanish, so I worked in Mexico as a paleontologist where my findings are in the Museum de Chapultepec. Wow. And so I just was an educational buff. I come from a very educated family. My mom was the first black woman to get her doctorate in five different disciplines. My dad wow. went to dental school, first black man to get a master's degree in physical chemistry. I mean, they have set all types of history. Mm -hmm. So I was grown from a child to be a doctor, even had a practice waiting for me by my doctor, who, uh, who was my eye doctor when I was a little girl. And then I had an encounter with God, and God shifted me out of all of that. From being a little girl, I was born crippled, and my mother was told, my mother and father were told to put me in all type of activities to help my legs after the doctors had operated on me and broken my legs out. And so I started doing tap, ballet, um, you name it, riding horses, and I, I got so involved in acting. I wanted to be an actress. Mm -hmm. 
And I always had this little uh, entertainment piece of me, and I never understood where it came from, what I was supposed to do with it. So I took a journey of the modeling, the beauty pageants, you know, the acting. I took the whole journey. And then when I got saved, God pulled it all together. And he said, I have called you into the entertainment arena. And I was like, oh, we. Mm. And so I started working with some play promoters I, uh, who were promoting David Talbert's play. That's how I met Kirk Franklin years ago, way back to the reason why we sing and uh, Silver and Gold. Um, and then also Tyler Perry's place, all these different plays that were out at the time, Emmanuel Seagulls, I can just go on and on and on. I met these promoters. Mm -hmm. And so they took a chance on me and hired me to do branding and marketing and promotions with their plays. Wow. And one thing led to another. And all of that came from me being in an entertainment arena as a model and in these beauty pageants and deciding I didn't want to be on that side of the fence anymore. I wanted to be on the other side. I didn't right. want to be a part of the cattle call. You know, I wanted to be on the other side and do the business moves and all of that. And so right. that's pretty much how I got into it. Wow. That's incredible. That's amazing. And, and God was showing the seed into your life where from the time where they, when the doctor told you you had to get into the different activities of you know, dance and and, inter and all the different things that lead to entertainment, right. where you had an aspect of knowing every part of that. So that that's the, the, the great part about looking back and seeing where God has brought you and what he was already preparing for you, because you can look back and say, man, God was already setting me up to get where I am. So that, yeah. that, that's yeah. amazing. Yes, and I'm going to say this, you know, you're absolutely right. I know that Jeremiah 1 and 5 says we're called from our mother's womb. So I was called to do what I'm doing, and there's different dimensions of what I'm doing that I have yet to achieve. Amen. But at the, at the same token, a lot of people didn't understand why I had so much education and walked away from medicine, mm. walked away from what I thought I was supposed to do, because from a little girl, I got anatomical dolls, you know, where I would work on my anatomical frogs and my right. anatomical human beings, and I got microscopes, and I got things like that. I was groomed to go into science and to medicine from a very young age. Mm. So when I left all of that, and I said that the Lord had called me out of that, you know, people were questioning, you know, how could you just leave all that education? And I was happy to walk away from the loans Hear me now. <laughs> but, but, you know, a lot of people were wondering how she's going to make it. Even my own family didn't understand it. Because remember, I said I come from a very educated family. And so during that particular time, and I'm not saying that I'm super old or a senior citizen, but, you know, people weren't jumping out and being entrepreneurs on that level right. and walking away from things that seem like stability. Mm -hmm. So... My family didn't get it. And so it was nobody but God. After he started taking me all over the globe, mm -hmm. people flying me all these different countries to do ministry work, places to go take my artists. My family and everybody else said, okay, you know what? I get it now. Right. She's called to this. Mm. Amen. So question about management. And this is something that is what every young artist is thinking about. What are the first steps of finding the right manager? 
Well, this is going to sound very cliche. I'm going to say prayer um, because it has to be a, a, a fit. It's a marriage. It's a relationship, a covenant relationship between the two. The, you have to have a manager that understands your vision. They understand your call. They're not trying to manipulate you into something that they think you should be. You go to them with what God has revealed to you in your belly, what God has spoken to you in your secret place. And you reveal that to your manager. And then your manager says, okay, how can I help this person get from point A to point B? Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to implement my vision into them. I'm trying to be an asset to who God has called them to be. And so this is why I say you have to pray. And even with a manager with me, I have so many people who want me to manage them. And some with names, some without names. However, if it's not a God divine hookup, I'm not interested Mm -hmm. because you could get connected in a situation that looks like it's a bunch of money and it could be a headache. Mm -hmm. And it could be a place that God hasn't called you to connect to with respect to artists because only God knows, you know, if you two are a great fit. So I think the main thing is prayer. And um, I've got myself in situations, I'm going to be straight up with you. I've gotten myself in situations that were not the best situation for me. And maybe I was compelled, I had compassion, or I thought maybe I could really help this person. But did God really tell me to do it? And then also, you got to know when your season is over with, too, because sometimes you can linger in a season with somebody when God has shifted both of you. Mm. And when you're in the season and you're trying to make something happen, but that's not the season when God said you're supposed to make it happen, then you can stagnate somebody else's greatness. And I refuse to do that mm-hmm. as a manager. I refuse to be held accountable for holding back somebody else's greatness because I'm not hearing from the spirit of the living God. Mm-hmm. So Amen. prayer is always going to be my answer. Amen. So, Apostle Howard, before we talk about your upcoming conference, which sounds dynamic, could you tell us a little bit about your global ministry hand-to-hand? Oh, wow. So y'all read my bio. Yes, ma'am. We read oh, wow. everything I'm, that I'm, you send. Yes. Throw oh, that out oh my there. God. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> we do I'm that in Las Vegas. <laughs> Let me go ahead. You know, I don't know how you used to out there on the East Coast, but us on the West Coast in Las Vegas, we actually handle business. Hello, somebody. I I hear you because I've had interviews over the years and, and they haven't read anything. <laughs> but hand to hand global ministry, what happened was I did not know I had a global call. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I one day drew, I draw prophetically, and one day I was drawing and I drew all these uh, different countries and continents and it was a picture. You know what? I'm going to take a picture of the picture and text it to you all because it's going to blow your mind. And so it had all these different continents on it. And then it had a hand reaching down from the sky. And it had a baby. And God said, that's my baby. And it had seven angels going around in the picture. It had swords. And it was the prophetic word that came with it. And it had 39 stripes. It was a really deep picture. And I really didn't understand it. So I took the picture to my bishop at that time. I said, listen, I need interpretation. I thought it was for him. I thought I was supposed to take it to the church. And so the bishop looked at it. He didn't give me any interpretation. He pretty much said, you know, mm, daughter, go back and work on it again. So needless to say, I kept taking it to places and taking it to bishops and apostles, and nobody gave me the interpretation. And God said, because it's you. 
You are called to the nations. These continents and places that you have drawn on here are places that I am sending you to. And God put a missionary outreach appetite in my spirit. So I started undergirding the nations that he was sending me to. And so with the the missions appetite, I wanted to know how, how can I help these people? I got so much here. You know, we are so blessed in America. We really are. I mean, you know, little things from rugs and air conditions and a working stove and water that comes out clean out of your faucet. You know, we are so blessed here. And so I said, well, God, you've given me this appetite for people across the globe who are underprivileged. How do you want me to utilize what I have to be able to be a help to them? And so God told me to start putting teams together and taking them to various countries and various cities and locations globally. I'm not just talking about out the country. I'm talking about even in the country Mm. and go in those countries and start undergirding those countries, start being a helping hand. So that's what I started doing. I started taking prayer warriors with me. One thing that really blessed me, and I, you know, I'm so excited that you, this, this is my heart. Missions is my heart. Outreach is my heart. So I could just talk about that all day long. But one of the places that really blessed me, um, I took a team with me to St. Vincent in the Grenadines, and it was 12 of us. And the island is a small island, maybe, I, I don't know, 35 miles. And mm. they might have, I don't know, uh, 40, 50,000 on the island. I'm not really sure of the statistics right now. Mm-hmm. But the 12 of us, I got with the government, Michael Peters, Fidel Teller, um, Junior Mason, different people in the government over the religious affairs and things like that. They opened up the country to us. Mm. And the 12 of us were able mm. to hit the countryside. Mm. Mm-hmm. I dispersed everybody out throughout the whole country. And every day we were in a different location. So a team might have been, we went by twos. So a team might have been at the prison. Another team might have gone to schools all day long. Another team might have gone to nursing homes all day long. Another team might have gone to homes for, for women who were teenage mothers. So we did this. We did this and stayed there. And then we packed up school supplies, uh, toiletries, you know, par- non-perishable things that right. we could fit, all of us. And each one of us bought enough for at least probably 2,000 people, each one of us. And we were able to hit that whole island. And that blessed me more than anything because to see the people's faces with little things like, you know, little girls who needed pencils and pens and boys who needed backpacks and you know, to see that bring some joy to somebody when right here in the States, we can go to the dollar store and get a pack of pens and think nothing about it. Right. So that's why I feel fulfilled when I do missions work. And I want to do more of it. I just don't have the finances. I've been doing this out of my own pocket. Other people have been going with me out of their own pockets. But I believe in God that those finances are going to come mm-hmm. and people will really sponsor us and we'll be able to just go, you know, to those places that God assigns. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. That, that is deep. And, yeah, you know, sure if is. anybody's listening, go ahead and hit up Apostle Howard on her cash app. What's your cash app, Apostle Howard? It's um, cash app dollar sign Verl Howard, V-E-R-Y-L Howard. 
um, you didn't have to do that, but I really appreciate that because I'm almost in tears. You know, I, I'm going to share this with you, and I'm not trying to take up all your time tonight, but this is very, very sensitive to me. Um, I've been all over the globe, and Africa, you know, I was in Africa. The country sent for me, and when I was there, I looked out the bathroom, and I saw some kids in knee-deep mud living under a hut right behind the house I was living in. I had service, and that just really bothered me. And, um, but getting back to St. Vincent and the Grenadines, um, I was taking a crew there. We, we, when we were there going to the different parts of the country, we were on a hill and it was a cliff and it was a cliff where we got to a certain point on a one car could go up and one car could come down. We were in a bus, the bus that we were in, the driver was unsaved. Mm. And so we were going up this cliff. And we were on our way to minister on the other side of the island because every night I set up the preachers to preach and all of us served them. So it was never any big eyes. So if I was preaching one night, the apostles and bishops and ministers, they were the dancers, they were the ushers, they were the altar workers. We just rotated every, every day at night because we had revivals every night. We were on our way to another side of the island. I'm going somewhere with this, and it's going to blow your mind. And I, and I looked at the ocean. And mm -hmm. when I looked at the ocean, me and one of the women, we were, we were the only two paying attention to the ocean on the side of the cliff. And I said to her, the ocean is roaring up at us. And it got dark out of nowhere. And she saw it. She said, oh, my God. I mean, the ocean was coming up to the side of the cliff. In the middle of us, at the peak on the other side, out of nowhere came a mudslide. Oh, wow. My bus, my bus was less than an inch from the edge of the cliff. The devil didn't want us doing the work that mm -hmm. we were doing in this country. Right. And the, the bus could have flipped over into the ocean. And so I had to convince the driver who wasn't saved to back down the cliff. We're not going because it was a mudslide, like a three or four foot mudslide. And there was no way we could cross over the mudslide and get to the, uh, it was just impossible. And he, you know how some people want to show off, they can do it, they can do it. Mm -hmm. I said, no, you need to back, back, back down. So we backed all the way back down the cliff. Now, this is where I'm going with this. The next year, now remember I said we were on a cliff? The next year, uh, somebody called me up and they said, Apostle, um, the country you went to, have you seen the news? And I said, no, I haven't seen the news. And they said, the cliff that you all were on, I said, right. yeah. They said, that cliff right by the ocean. I said, yeah. They said, a bus flipped over oh full goodness. of kids. Wow. Full of kids. And they said, the bus driver dove in the ocean because the bus flipped over and hit a rock in the ocean. And the community, people were diving off the cliff to save the kids. Mm. So the kids were coming from school, and they were ages uh, 12 to 18, and they dove, the community, the people on the side of the road dove in. They saved every kid but seven. Now, I'm going to tell you why this is so deep, why missions and being obedient and moving out and doing what God tells you, to do, tells you to do. The government called me up and said that we need to, we, they asked for us to pray for them. They remembered us being there. So the government called me up, and when the government called me up, I pulled together all the prayer warriors that were radio announcers mm. from all their cities, and they, they did a live prayer for the whole country. 
and it we were able to give encouragement to the whole country across our country. Mm -hmm. My 84-year-old mama is screaming, and I'm on a radio interview with you all. She won't stop screaming. Mm -hmm. I apologize. Oh, so, so that really, I said, Lord, now just imagine if we weren't obedient and we did not go in that country and we did not connect and pray with those people and establish that relationship. And we're talking about a nation that cried out for the prayer warriors and the, the, uh, the outreach ministers to stand in the gap for them. Mm -hmm. And because they had a, a ministry outreach heart, they were compassionate. Those radio announcers were compassionate for that country. And so that's why they're so dear to my heart. Amen. 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 And then it's great to hear people. Um, it was, a, it was a, a pastor that came, a doctor. Her, she's Dr. K Dr. C. She came on to a show that we have called uh, uh, The Pastor's Couch um, every Thursday. And she said something that was deep that stuck with me and still sticking with me. She said, there's a lot of people in this generation that has an opinion, but no action. And I love mm -hmm. seeing people that have action. And that's why I said we should be supporting the ones that we see actually doing the work. Absolutely. Going out and helping. And if you can't make it, don't mean that you can't support somebody that can go out there and make right. it. So I, I, I definitely amend you for that. And let's go ahead and talk about your conference. Because that's, that's big work, too. Yes. Well, first and foremost, I want to thank you all for being media partners with us. Um, it means so much. I'm such a kingdom player. And to see other people jump onto the vision and want to be a part of the vision, it just shows people that everybody out there is not trying to tear their sister and brother down. Amen. So, I, you know, I thank you all for that. It means a lot to me. Um, what happened was over probably about seven years ago, I heard a trumpet sound in the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And God told me, he said, tell the leaders, tell the leaders to start speaking as a trumpet and speak as fire. And he also told me to start alerting the, the prayer warriors, the prophetic prayer warriors that are on the wall. And he said, start taking those prayer warriors and regions and undergird pastors and ministers and disciples. And, um, and just be a, just be helped by prayers. And so what happened was the Lord said, do prayer conferences. And, and I was, um, I called the prayer warriors up and I said, listen, we got to do these conferences. You know, we got to go before, we got to lay down and stretch out. And so do you, can I talk really real with you all? Please. Go ahead. I don't want to scare nobody uh, with what I'm about to say, but I was preaching in a country uh, called Guyana and the pastor and his daughter were late coming to the conference. They were part of the conference. And when they came in, they didn't have their suitcases. And they said to us, they flew in on a plane that was full of witches in their full witch guard. Mm. And that the witches' assignments were to go to various countries every 48 hours and just stretch out and pray against the people of God. Wow. When they told me that, I said, God, why aren't the people of God praying? Why are we inconsistent in our prayer lives? 
Why is it that we won't stay on the wall for people? Why is it that we won't turn our plate down? Why is it that, you know, if somebody asks you to pray for them and they got a real serious issue, we'll in a cliche way say, yeah, I got you in prayer, but we really don't do it, you know? And so God told me that because the pray, being prayer warriors is not a um, bling bling type position, it's not a, you know, you know what I mean, a status quo position, it's kind of, one of those that people um, are not really interested in, you know, to be an intercessor, you got to right. sacrifice. You really got to sacrifice. If God tell you to get up on the third watch hour and pray, you got to be obedient and get up at 12 midnight and pray, pray till three or whatever it may be. So in any event, the Lord told me to do that. And then I kind of got a little disobedient. I'm just being honest. I didn't do it quick enough for him. Mm. And so he gave me a mandate the end of December. He said, you're about to run out of time. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I'll give somebody else the assignment if you're going to be disobedient. Mm. And he said, I need you to do a conference called Women Warriors on the Front Line. Mm. And it's a prayer warrior conference. I said, but why, God, why did you give me that title, you know, as opposed to, you know, something like prophetic prayer or something? Why is it women warriors on the front line mm. and he gave me 10 different reasons as to why and i'm probably going to shock some people one of the reasons he told me was he said my women who i entrusted to be midwives who are leaders who are pastors who are apostles who are um you know bishops or whatever that are female he said i entrusted these women to be midwives to other women who are carrying greatness in them and they have not done so mm. He said, also, he said, also, there are women that are in their trimester of carrying a baby, and Pharaoh has loosed out a death sentence on their, on their baby, and the intercessors, the midwife intercessors are not in a position to, to intercede against Pharaoh. Mm. And then God also told me that there's some women that have been wailing and crying out, and they haven't lost their position, and they've been before the Lord, but they need another woman to come hold their arms up because they're tired mm -hmm. and God is about to shift them to another dimension. Mm -hmm. And then God said, there are women that are out of their position. They belong on the front line mm -hmm. and they haven't been on the front line with their prayer lives. But he also told me that there were some women who had the spirit that David had when David sinned with Bathsheba. And we know when he sinned with Bathsheba, he wanted to manipulate the situation with Uriah, but Uriah was so dedicated to, to and loyal to the cause. And because Judah was unsettled, he wouldn't sleep with his wife. So what did David do? He put him on the front line to be murdered. Mm. And God told me that there's some women who have coveted other women's stuff like David was coveting Uriah's wife. And instead of coming clean and saying, listen, I've been jealous of your gifting, jealous of your anointing, jealous of your business, jealous of your figure, your clothes, your looks, your beauty. I've been coveting your husband. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me up in here. Yes. I've been coveting your house, your car, your success. I've been coveting your prophesying. But instead of coming clean with their sister, they'll sabotage her. And this is right, right. in the body of Christ and put her on the front line. So God said, this is a time for his prayer warriors, his, his awesome women of God that don't even recognize they're awesome because they have been lured into leaving their position. Right. Women of God who are tired, 
who need to shift. They need midwives to come. Women of God who are operating without involving God, even in their ministry, God showed me a vision of women's statues, and he had a chisel, and he was chiseling off layers. Mm -hmm. And he told me that, and they look like semen. He said, I'm chiseling off layers of man's ideology of who they think they are, he said, because I haven't no longer been invited into their preaching engagements. Mm. So God said, I got to restore the woman. I got to put her back in place. Amen. I got to show her that she's a servant, that she is a helper. She's a midwife. She is not to be jealous of her sister in Christ, right. but she is to hold her arms up and be a conduit to help her fulfill her kingdom assignment. Amen. So God gave me a mandate to okay. get it done. Right. So that's why we're doing it. Okay, so tell us a little bit. It's uh, June 28th and 29th. Who's on the um, who's on the roster? Yes, June 28th and 29th, we're going to Augusta, Georgia. That's another okay. thing I didn't know. I didn't know this was supposed to be a tour. Huh. And God made it a tour. Okay. Uh, Augusta, Georgia is the second city. It was birthed in Washington, D.C. during the month of March. And when Amen. we leave Augusta, we're going to another location. And this is a faith move on me. Again, there's no sponsors. This is Apostle Pearl Howard. Right. So we have some great speakers. I had laid before the Lord for over a year. And we have Pastor Shatonda. She actually is the general manager of a radio station in Augusta, 1380. Um, awesome woman of God. Uh, she and I just did some tag team preaching about two months ago mm. on Mermaid Spirit. And she's a deep woman of God. Just awesome Amen. prayer warrior. I have Pastor Guy Reeves. He's actually Dietrich Haddon's road manager. He travels with Dietrich. He's been preaching since he was a teenager. He comes from a generation of bishops and pastors, and he's a pastor out of Delaware. I have Prophetess Anna Stevenson. She actually is a radio uh, announcer. She's on three different stations, and she has several books. She works with publishing companies, so if anybody's interested in getting their book done, she's the one. She also ghostwrites. I have hmm. uh, Minister Regina Littles from Orlando. She has about seven books out on financial issues. And I shared with Alicia, and I don't have a problem sharing it online right now. When I met with Minister Regina Little, I had a credit score of 480. Hmm. 480. Hmm. And she literally had to talk me out of poverty bondage hmm. because I thought my credit score could never get higher than that because it was so low for medical school loans and uh now she's got me you know she's on this road to get me to 800 and i was sharing with alicia that she had got me to the high sevens so great credit now because of her um in addition we have minister margie nawoko she is a prophetic prayer dancer out of columbus ohio we have a slew of prayer warriors coming minister tar hughes my assistant minister Renisha johns from Johnson from Chicago, Ovetta Bennett, who's in the hospital right now. Uh, we're praying for her recovery. I don't want to leave anybody out. I actually should. Oh, we have Shepherdess Brown. She's the singer, but slash pastor out of Savannah, Georgia. And we have Pastor Wilson Ike. He's a singer also, but he's a pastor out of Savannah, Georgia as well. And we have a host of people that are flying in from all over the globe That's, to be a part of this. That is wonderful. So, I'm excited. Yeah. And we told Augusta, we come in to undergird them. We come in to pray. Um, Augusta has a, a oppressive spirit, a poverty spirit that sits over the region. The average income is 17000 a year. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's just a lot going on there, but we're coming in and we're bringing help to pray for those churches, those leaders, and those people in that area. Amen. So, Pastor Howard. Yes. So, is, is, is my invite to come <laughs> preach at, at the conference is in the mail, right? It's in the mail? <laughs> Don't put me on the spot like that. I just told you. I just told you. I've been laying for two years before the Lord. Two years. Those people. Those people. I have to tell everybody that because people started reaching out to me like, "Can I preach in the next city? Can I?" I mean, you. You'd be surprised some of the calls I got. Some good, some bad. But those people were picked by God to be on this Amen. tour. I didn't even Amen. pick them. They picked. God picked them. And that's the beauty of it is right. because, you know, I know a lot of big name people that I could have put on there who you, you know, because of their name, you think would draw people in, but God did the lineup. He, after much prayer, he told me who was supposed to be on the tour and I'm just being obedient and I'm just watching him breathe on it. Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to share this with you and I'm praying about this now. I, I can put this out here. I pray it's not prematurely. I am before the Lord now uh, about a tour for men, godly oh, men. Wow. Amen. God put that in my spirit. I can't say the name of it, um, but I am. God has entrusted me with a vision for a tour for godly men. And one of the reasons being, I think godly men are left out of situations a right. lot because churches are so full of women. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have to be careful. I see a lot of an Ahab spirit mm -hmm. and a Jezebel spirit in the churches. And I don't see men, and this is a woman talking, I don't see men being pushed to the potential that they need to be pushed in in the church. Amen. And and so God has given me a tour for men. And this tour, these men are going to have a voice to speak to women as to who they really are in God's eyes and also what they're really looking for from a woman and what they're looking for with their covenant relationship with their, you know, with their wives and what God has called them to do. And it's going to be a tour to to have men get excited in their spirit mm -hmm. because there's a lot of great men out here people don't know their names and they need a platform amen 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 that's dope and anointed radio is ready to sponsor that one as well <laughs> <laughs> i love you all i'll keep you posted there's so much i gotta do and this life is just a vapor so i'm on a clock Amen. I love you all. We love you too, and we're we're definitely here. Um, you know, one thing that we like about your spirit is that you've been genuine. You know, yeah. that's coming from me personally is that we've seen that you've had a genuine spirit to help out Anointed Radio um, to the fullest. Yeah. You know, and we definitely appreciate you. You're never forgotten in Anointed Radio history. Let you know that. That's right. And. Um, one thing I could definitely say is what, and, and this is advice for people that's just trying to get into the industry. I, I, I want to kind of have this as like the parting question so that they can kind of pick your brain for the knowledge 
that you have? Because we get knowledge as we go down this journey of what, oh, if I could go back, I wouldn't do, you know, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, you know, I wouldn't do this if I would have came back this way. I would have did this different, you know, things like that. So people that's trying to get into the industry, what advice would you give them? And I mean this oh industry God. as as music, as uh, Christian hip-hop, um, as um, promoters, as managers, as all this as a whole. Because the gospel entertainment business with the little that I've been in it is, is a whole different animal than the when I was in the R&B secular world. So what, what advice would you give to that person? Wow, that's interesting you said that. I don't see a difference. Let me tell you why. Well, I do. There is a difference, but the, there's still a template. There's a general template. It's just that on the gospel side, it's being done with the name Jesus tossed around. Mm. And I'm just being, I'm just being real with you. It's the same template, and a lot of gospel record companies are owned by secular companies and the gospel is subsidiary i mean so look at the distributors you know universal um sony those are all secular companies so you still have that secular component that is a part of it and it's an umbrella that you sit under with in gospel so you have that division where we you know we talk about jesus we praise we worship we do songs that have lyrics that are supposed to glorify god that are supposed to be about the gospel and then you have the r&b but you still got to do radio promos on r&b side or on the gospel side you still have to have branding and marketing you still have to have a publicist you still have to have a manager you still have to have, you know, a booking agent or a booking manager. You still have to have a web presence. Web presence, whether you gospel or you're on the secular side, that is major important because they both look for X amount of numbers to even consider you for a record deal. If you're not meeting those numbers on your web presence with your Instagram, with your Facebook, have many Facebook accounts that have been maxed out, you know, with your Twitter, they're not interested because those numbers mature into dollars. I've had artists that were phenomenal that I knew, you know, could get a deal, but their numbers weren't up. And being and their numbers and everything were researched. When I took the artists to the record company, the record companies were real with me. They're like, they haven't even exhausted their community. They haven't even exhausted their city. So you want us to invest all of this in them and they haven't done their due diligence to show that they have their own grind and their own hustle before we even get with them. Mm -hmm. So the template is the same. It's just one side is Jesus, one side isn't. One side gets less money to do what they need to do because the gospel doesn't get anywhere near the budgets of a secular budget when you're talking right. about a whole marketing plan, a whole promotional plan, a PR plan, you know, all of that, your branding. There's a different budget, you know, a, a gospel's budget, you know, a lot of that stuff is done on your own phone now or your own computer, whereas a secular budget may get, you know, a million dollars to do something. Or a gospel budget may get 50000 It just depends. But yet you got to go hit all these radio stations across country. You know, you got to miss work or however you make your money to make sure you're in, you're in the forefront and you're in people's visuals so your songs can get played. It's still a billboard template. It's just a gospel one and it's just a secular one. Mm -hmm. You still have the different divisions of the billboards. You got the media, you know, you got the, uh, the radio indicator. You got the media base. You have 
you know, the regular billboards, top 20, you have all of that. So it's still the same. It's just we sing in a different tune. And, and one thing I think with the gospel, and I think it's too much cattiness, and I think it's too much lack of support um, because we don't get as many opportunities as the secular side. We don't. And so being that we don't get as many opportunities, it kind of makes us a little bit more competitive. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't be like that in the body of Christ. We should be kingdom-minded. We should be a joint that supplies. We should try to help, you know, our brothers and sisters. And I see a lot of that crab mentality on the gospel side, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. And that's the downfall of it, you know. and the secular side, you would expect competition, but a lot of them, they, you know, hey, what's up, bro? They look out for each other, you know. But on the gospel side, you would think we would be that, but it's not like that. You know, it's a lot of competition. But I would tell any artist, and this is the honest to goodness truth, and again, I'm not trying to sound cliche If you want to be on the gospel side, because I come from the secular side. I don't worked with Roots, Tupac, Outkast. You know, I've worked on that side. I've worked with rap artists on the secular side. Even even recently, you know, I've worked with a float rider as a client. He actually hired me to do his prayer visuals and to set up his prayer uh, festivals um, in Miami. You know, he wanted to give back to the church. He's a Christian. So I work, on the, I work with secular artists, but I work with them from a Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like somebody's got to do that. Right. Somebody's got That's to not true. be afraid to go over there and still be saved and be a witness and not compromise because you're in that atmosphere. Right. So I work with people in the secular world, but God, I, I go over there as God sends me knowing that I am an ambassador on assignment, but I don't change my talk. I don't change my language to try. When I say that, I don't change who I serve. Let right. me just say that. I don't change who I serve, but I can kick it with, uh, you know, Rick Ross's branding marketing person, and she liked me. You know, I can kick it over there on that side of the fence with Miami Tip from Love and Hip Hop. These are people I've hung out with um, through Flowriders Connections, and they like me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they wonder what's different about this woman. But yet they're in music on the secular side. So on the gospel side, I see that competition, and it's really, really bad. Mm -hmm. But what I was about to say that I don't want to sound cliche but I have to say this because this is how uh, the Lord has kept my doors open, how he has opened um, opportunities for me, taking me all over the globe, how he's kept me with money in my pocket, even though my bank accounts have been negative, negative, negative. I still was able to eat. I still was able to travel. And that's a reality because gospel music is up and down, up and down, up and down. People don't want to pay artists on the gospel side the same amount of money. They'll pay a secular artist. Right. They'll, they'll pay a secular artist and bring them in their church and pay them thirty and 40000 but don't want to give a gospel artist 5000 mm-hmm. And that's another problem in itself, too, because the church doesn't even respect its own. So I would say that artist better have a prayer life because it's not always gravy. They better know which area they're called into, know your demographics, know your audience, know if you're Christian, if you're a CCM artist, if you're a Christian country artist, if you're a Christian opera artist, if you're a gospel opera artist, hip hop artist, you gotta know your demographics, know who you're called to, lay before the Lord. And you gotta also understand the timing 
of when it's time for you to shift at each level. I've seen artists that move out prematurely and it wasn't the time and they weren't ready. And so stuff didn't flow. You with me? Mm, yes. Because they were so anxious to get out there and they didn't wait on the timing of God to put all the pieces together that they needed for the optimum success. Mm. So instead of getting optimum success, they got 10% success. So I would say that prayer life must be intact. I don't even deal with folk who don't have a prayer life who come to me and say, I want you to work with me. Mm. Uh-uh. We're not even on the same page. Because my success comes when I get with the artists I'm working with and we touch and agree together and we fast together and we lay before the Lord and ask God, where's our next move? You know, last call, prime example, last call is from a country that is 21 square miles Mm -hmm. and timing is everything. I didn't even know that I had met Tracray of Last Call, one of the singers, over six or seven years ago when I took some record executives to Bermuda to look for talent. I didn't know I met him. At that particular time when he sung before us, we ripped him up and down and told him he was not ready. We told him his attire wasn't of artistry, ministry, he was not ready. Lo and behold, I manage him now. Years, years, years later, I just happened to be in Bermuda doing some ministry work. And he and Adrian opened up where I was preaching. And then they also opened up for the other artists that I've been with for 28 albums, Dietrich Haddon. And so each time I was going over there, there was nothing in me that said manage them. This is why everything is in timing. And so as time went on, somebody came up to me and told me, one of my friends, you got to check out this group, got to check out this group. And I, they're phenomenal. And I said, say that about everybody they're always phenomenal i i get phenomenal mp3s every day but you know that doesn't mean i'm a manager so one time i happened to preach at adrian's church and he was the music minister and god told me to pull him to help me pray with people and his mother-in-law gave me the cd and said you gotta hear them you gotta i took the cd home didn't even listen to it about five months later the lord said put that cd in and I started giving their CD to radio announcers and asked them that they like it. And there were songs that I couldn't get out my spirit. I'm talking about five months later. Mm. And then the Lord said, call them. You're supposed to work with them. Mm. Right. That's how it happened. Amen. I wasn't even released. I wasn't even released to manage them until God said, it's time. Amen. And God opened up my eyes to them. And he said, you are their manager. You are supposed to be their prayer partner. You're supposed, you know, all of that. I'm like their aunt. And then the way they got their deal is a miracle because, again, we flew some record execs over to Bermuda. We were doing something called Cancer versus Bermuda. We were raising money for their country because their country just got a radiation machine in 2017. So when people got cancer, they were coming back and forth to the United States. So we flew some record execs over there. Phil Thornton from RCA, who runs RCA. Brian Scott, who runs Ty Scott. Fred Jerkins, who runs Dark Child. And we had some others that were to come. And we did, And Fred Jerkins' first wife died of cancer. Mm. And when he saw Last Call, when Phil and Pastor Brian saw them, they all fell in love with them. Why? Because they were anointed. They were missions-driven. Here's some advice, artists. They were missions-driven. 
They raised the money to put on the concert. They raised the money to fly everybody over there in a class act way. And they raised the money to uh, give to the cancer society. Every dime went to their cancer society. When the record company saw that they were guys that were not coming with a handout, just looking for a record company to do everything, and they had awesome music and the anointing, they were interested. Mm. Lo and behold, me and Fred Jerkins negotiated a contract in the hotel before they flew out of the country. And we prayed about it, and we thought that that would be a great match. And then they have a number one song for 26 weeks. Nobody but God. Amen. Gave us that victory. Y'all hear me? God. <laughs> Amen. And so definitely shout out to last, last definitely shout out to last call who we've had on the show. Awesome people. Right. And on on the show and in real life, they're those those some awesome awesome folks to know. And um, another thing. And is, also Dietrich Haddon. Dietrich. You know, Dietrich, I've been with him for 28 albums, and I think a lot of people um, underestimate who he really is as an artist. And I say this because, you know, he's the type of artist that pushes other artists. He's like a midwife for artists. And when we have concerts, Dietrich will not leave until he signs everybody's hand, T-shirt, CD. Wow. You know, I've had to force him to leave. Mm. And he just, it is what it is with him. He's mm -hmm. gone past that stage of being caught up in the madness. You know, artists go through that stage of divas, div being divas and this, that, and the other because people want to make them many gods. Mm -hmm. And it just is what it is to him. You know, right. all the fluff and drama and all of that stuff, it's irrelevant to him. All he's trying to do is the kingdom work of God. And he's one of the artists that over the years, I've been with him a long time, the ups, the downs, the in-between, the accusations. I've been with him for a while. Mm -hmm. And one thing I could say about him in my relationship with him, he's been consistent. And he's one of the few artists that will call me up and want to talk the word of God, want to read the word of God, want to fast for the word of God, want to pray. And I've worked with a lot of artists. And um, he's has consistently been like that and put the people of God even before himself even if it's to his detriment mm. so I've got to give him shout out uh, he's like a brother to me and I thank God for his loyalty mm. you know some artists will drop you or they think somebody else can do something better than you they don't want to help your ministry or anything like that he's not like that you know right. he, he wants to see your ministry prosper as well and a lot of artists are not like that. It's always about them 24-7. But they don't want to see their team grow with them. Right. Shout-outs to Mr. Dietrich Haddon. Can't wait to have him on Anointed Radio Network. That would be a great day as well. Um, and going back to something in our closing, I want everybody to be able to know, you know, first of all, where can they find you? What's your website? What's your social media? What's your cash app to support your, all the great ministries that you're doing? And you know, you never know. You might have an artist listening to you right now that could be the man. You have so many on your rosters. I can't be. I can't even say the number on top of my head. But to somebody else that is anointed to be able to be 
hearing your advice and be like, man, that's me. She just ain't met me yet. And I think that's a lot of things that new artists have to realize. It's not the point that people don't want to support you. It's that the right people haven't got to hear you. Amen. So. Exactly. Oh, let me say this. I've got to say this. Since you got artists on the line, this is very important. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm on a tour right now. Uh, I'm hosting with, I'm co-hosting with Apostle David Gurley, who is an artist. He's also, you know, he has churches. Um, I'm co-hosting right now a tour where we're going into, we're coming to Vegas. Oh. We're coming to Vegas, y'all. Hey. We're coming to Vegas. When? In September. Amen. I'll send you the information. We are going to different locations, and we are making five different TV networks available to the artists. What we're doing is artists are submitting to us their videos, their MP3s. We're looking at them. We're deciding who's going to be on the concert and doing that. And it doesn't cost a dime. Mm -hmm. And during that time, we will give the artists 10 minutes, and then we will also give them an interview. And these uh, these stations average up to 140 million homes because he's on five different networks and God told him to make those networks Amen. available to the independent artists. Wow. So we're on tour. We birthed it in California three weeks ago. And one of the artists we had on there, we interviewed him and he called Apostle Gurley back up and he said, I've gotten five bookings just from that interview wow. right after it happened. That's and so... This is us trying to give to, we know that it's hard for some artists. You know, they don't know how to get from point A to point B or whatever it may be. So we're trying to help them get that exposure and bringing those TV networks to the forefront. So Vegas is one of the cities we're coming to. Okay. One of the TV networks is Impact TV. It's Impact oh, yeah. TV Now Network, right. Elevation TV. It's about five or six of them. And... um and so we will be coming here, Amen. and I will send you the information. So all those independent artists that are listening, you never know, you know, what can, what can grow just from that opportunity. And you do not have to spend a dime. All you have to do is send your stuff. Uh, we feel that you're anointed. We feel that you have what it takes, and we're going to give you that platform to be able to get that exposure. Well, I already know one that is a, a anointed highlight artist from – Anointed Radio names Miles Minnick, who will for sure be there. Amen. I know that's right. Amen. I know that's right. That's and you know because people miss it. You know when they hear a call like that, mm -hmm. they miss it sometimes. You know, and uh, definitely I will keep you all posted because I'm so excited to even be a co-host and get a chance to look at these people. Maybe I'm not the one that's going to manage them, but I may be the one that can help them go to the next level and Amen. put them before some people who can help them with their ministry. Right. But it might not be me called to manage them. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's an opportunity for us to see artists all over the globe and to help them get that jump start they need. And we're not asking for anything. Amen. Nothing. So I definitely need the promos for that because we're going to promote that a lot because we get a lot of new submission, a lot of great artists yeah. that we promote that's independent, especially the, some coming out of Philly, some coming out of a lot of places. So I definitely would love that promo picture of when you guys are doing your tour because there's a lot of people in different cities that got so much talent they just haven't been seen yet. Right. So I'm for sure on board, all deck on board for that one. Amen. 
Yes, and we will be there in September. We'll be in Orlando in August. We'll be in Seattle and uh, Oregon the end of this month. I mean, we, you know, we're a tour. So I will definitely keep you posted of the locations and where we're going to be in Vegas. So you can round up those people, have them submit stuff. Actually, to be honest with you, you can call out. Okay, you asked me to give out my information. If you want them to send it to you and you send it to me, you can't. Or I can just give out my email address. They can just send MP3s and video footage. We need to see them. MP3s, because being an artist, you have to be a package. You know, right. so we want to see everything. The imagery, we, we need their bios. If they don't have their bio in order, they don't have MP3s, they don't have visuals, then this might not be for them. Because you have artists that are thirsty, that are hungry, and know this is their time. Right. So they've done all the preparation, so when somebody does see them, they're ready. Right. So I can give out my contact information. Actually, you know what? Page. I was going to say, um, if there's any artists that's listening to Anointed Radio, go ahead and email lvanointedradio at gmail.com and talk about the Las Vegas Talent Search. That's what we're going to call it for right now, the Las Vegas Talent Search Tour that's coming up in September. If there's anybody listening right now, go ahead and email us, bio, mp3, same thing that you do for submission for Anointed Radio Spotlight, y'all. So go ahead and email us at lvanointedradio at gmail.com, and we got you. And then if we think you got the stuff, we're going to send you to Apostle Howard, and we're going to make you blow up. Amen. Amen. So you all can send me the email. Okay. Um, don't I'll um, but I'll give out. You asked me to to give out my Facebook and my other information. Yes. My Facebook page is Apostle Verl Howard V E R Y L, and um, everything lines up with Apostle Verl Howard. My actual web page is www.verlhowardministries.com, and I'm on Twitter under Pastor VH1. I'm on Instagram under Apostle Verl Howard. And my cash app is cash at Verl, V-E-R-Y-L, Howard. And I appreciate whoever souls into me. I'm trying to do some stuff for the kingdom. It really isn't about us. It's about how we help each other mm -hmm. and we build God's kingdom. And so you're sowing into good soil, and I appreciate it. But in the meantime, if you're an artist, go ahead and email them. They're going to screen y'all now. <laughs> they're not, they not going to let, look, they're not going to let Vegas be embarrassed. So, Ain't that the truth. So, yeah, so they'll they'll send them to me. But we're coming there in September. So um, once I get the flyer and everything in the location, I will send it to you all so you all can blast it. Amen. Because um, we, we're going all over the globe. And it's just ironic and God that you asked me about independent artists. Are we coming there? Hello? Yeah. That's God. That was divine. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to just go ahead and give you back the night because I know it's late over here because it's late over here and just say thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for more because my thank you today is way different than I give to a lot of the artists that I have come on and people that's come on. I have to really say thank you because in the background, y'all don't know how much help Apostle yeah. Howard has helped Anointed Radio, which is a lot, that means a lot to me because yeah. she believed in the vision that God gave me for Las Vegas. And that's big because a lot of people don't 
will not support the vision that God gave you. So for for, right. for that, I just thank you. You already know your family. So when you in Vegas, I got you, you know, a cheese sandwich or something. And, um, Amen. Uh, <laughs> and, There's um, some place y'all got there with waffles and chicken and stuff like that. I think I want to, I, I think I went there one year with Todd Delaney. It's some place there he and I went to. Uh, I got a hit up again. I didn't hit it this time. I'm going to get the name and y'all take me there. Sure I got will. you. I already got you on that part. And, you know, I got some old places you might never heard of called, you know, shout outs to Big Jerk and um, Oyster Bar and all those other good places where the, the food is delicious. Mm. So, amen. amen. I just thank you. I can't wait till you come yeah, out here. We can hang, hang out and definitely build and, and grind together. And, like you already know, we're here as your Las Vegas family. So Amen. keep doing you, keep keeping your eyes on God, and keep letting God use you to the fullest. Amen. I will. Thank you so much. God and I pray you. that you all continue to be blessed over there and anointed. Ready, y'all? In Vegas, y'all. Yes. Love y'all. Love you. Love you, too. God bless. All right. Good Bye. night. Bye. Amen, y'all. Apostle Howard. Yes. She gave y'all the game. She's independent been such artist. a blessing to us. Hey, that's that's auntie. Yeah. You know, I got to say it like Eric Kilmer. What's up, auntie? <laughs> so, Cletus. Yeah. Okay. Come on, Cletus. He already know. Cletus know. If he don't, I'm going to dock his pay $5, like I turned would say. <laughs> so, amen. So, we're going to go ahead and close out. And one thing I want to kind of leave with you today. First of all, I have to do a big announcement from one of our corporate partners, the Las Vegas Lights, and say that they are now petitioned to be on the professional level with getting their own stadium. That is big. Hey. In Las Vegas, we will have a professional FIFA qualified wow. soccer team. Las Vegas wow. Lights, shout out to y'all. Y'all want to, I want to say one of my top favorite sports corporate partners that we have much love to y'all let's get let's get this win i hope we won tonight I, I haven't looked at anything today but hey i got support in all our las vegas team sports Amen. definitely check out deaf sports talk that have all the latest news on their show every monday at seven o'clock don't forget pastor jay and just nia's unscripted facebook live show coming up next tuesday at seven o'clock and she shall be called woman this saturday this saturday at 11 o'clock yeah. we got shows on shows y'all we growing yes. so much love to y'all make sure y'all tune in tomorrow to pass this couch every thursday seven o'clock then we got our girl Cheryl underwood on That's friday right. Right. seven o'clock at five to seven i got love for y'all if anything else pastor jay is praying for you he got love for you and he believes in you. Signing out. Good night, everyone. God bless.